every UNLV Rebel football game is ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM, KWWN Las Vegas. I hope y'all bring y'all big boys as we dump them today. Live from the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island, it's Throw the Flag with Tyler Bischoff and Gooch. He's Gooch. I'm Tyler Bischoff as we are out here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar at Treasure Island where there is always free parking. It is a massive day in college football. Kicking off in just a few minutes, Baylor and Oklahoma State in the Big 12 title game there. Both teams hoping to get a win and sneak into the college football playoff. We've got a full day of championship games. Georgia and Alabama kick off at 1 o'clock. Cincinnati tries to secure their spot. Also a 1 o'clock kickoff. Michigan and Iowa in the Big Ten title game is at 5 o'clock tonight. So a lot of games with playoff implications in college football. Great place to come down and watch them all day long. But let's start with the Raiders. Like we always do. You think this team's going to the playoffs? <laughs> no, but I do like the fact that they're still fighting. I do like the fact that every time we've doubted them, they've turned around and managed to stuff it. You know what I mean? They've Keep they, themselves alive? Yeah. Like they've managed to basically just shut us all up every single time. Gruden goes out. They win two games in a row. Then they have three. Uh, then they had that losing streak. Nobody expected them to beat the Cowboys on a short week. And they worked them. And that's the thing. It's like this NFL season just in general, every time we thought we, <laughs> we knew something, the exact opposite has happened. None of the teams are actually good. Yeah. That's what it feels like. There's a few that are actually bad. Like Houston's bad. Jacksonville's yes. bad. There's a few that are actually bad. But I don't think anybody might – there might not be anybody that's actually good. The team that looks the best to me as of right now is the New England Patriots with rookie Mac Jones at quarterback. That, they look like the best team in the AFC right now. And Kansas City's finding their way. So right now in the AFC, Baltimore's in first at 8-3. and three. Um, The Raiders are 6-5, and five, which is tied for the last playoff spot, but it's tied with the Chargers and the Broncos. So there's three teams there. There's only two games that separate the first-place Ravens from the ninth-place Raiders Yeah, in the AFC. It. And look how clo- look at how many times the Ravens – like just miraculous victories. Yeah, they, it's like every time, every time you you see a team like that that's barely pulling out the wins. It's like I don't really have a lot of faith in them going into the playoffs. They needed Justin Tucker to break an NFL record for longest field goal to beat the Lions. Yes, that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> it's like, and it's not like Lamar's playing MVP level football. He threw four interceptions. Yeah. It's just the fact that the Browns have, I don't know what is going on with the offense because everybody's playing bad. It's like Nick Chubb's playing good when he gets a hole to run through, but the offensive line is playing bad. Baker is just off the rails bad. So right now in the AFC, Ravens, Patriots, Titans, and Chiefs lead their divisions. The Bengals, Bills, and Chargers are in a wild card spot. Broncos and Raiders are tied with the Chargers for that last spot. The Colts and the Browns are both a half game out of the last wild card spot. The Steelers are... um, also a half game out of that last wild card spot. Sorry, doing math in my head with a stupid tie in there. So basically, you've got 12 teams that you're looking at saying, yeah, they win two or three in a row. They've got a good shot to actually make the playoffs here. Of all those teams I just named off, how many do you think the Raiders are actually better than? Uh, I wouldn't say better. I would say maybe just as good. I think they're just as good as Cleveland. I think they're just as good as um, Indy. 
Indy, yeah. I mean, I do like Indy. And Carson Wentz is turning it around. I mean, I thought he was done after last year. And he's actually playing pretty well. He's been decent this year. Like, I kind of in the same place where you take the Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, Colts, Browns. Yeah. All those teams. Yeah. Even the Ravens and the Browns. Like, honestly, that is a pretty evenly matched team. Yeah. And, I mean, you throw in, like, the Bengals. Uh, I expect more from the Bills, but the Bills have been in a backslide recently. Like, the Titans now, they're probably bad because of the injuries. I mean, they've been injured all season, but it seems like it's finally going to catch up to them now. Although, we say that, now they're going to go rip off, like, four straight wins. and Yeah, but this is the type of... This is the time of year where the injuries do play yeah. the biggest hand in your win and loss column. You they, know what I mean? They have had the most games lost to injury so far this season, the most players out on IR this season. Like, their offense right now is Ryan Tannehill and nobody. Right. Like, it's nobody. Like, A.J. Brown's out on IR. Derrick Henry's season, obviously, is over. Julio Jones is out on IR. Like, they've got nobody left on that offense, and – Hell, they still ran for 200-something yards against New England, but got blown out there. So, you like, you look at the AFC picture, and if you're any of those teams, and, and we'll do it for the Raiders here, it's not hard to say, yeah, win two or three in a row, and you're going to have an edge on teams like the Chargers and the Broncos and the Colts and the Browns and even the Bengals and maybe the Bills and the Titans too. But I also think it's hard to see the Raiders winning two or three in a row. Like, I think that what we've seen from this team is very up and down that – yeah, the consistency is the right. biggest question here with the Raiders. I, but, again, we already know that they could pull it off. Maybe the Deshaun Jackson connection can possibly work when they play Kansas City again. <laughs> He'll run the right way into the yeah. end zone rather than hopefully, to the sideline. Hopefully he's like, hey, you know what? I have an idea of which way to go. Um <laughs> Which, which was adorable, by the way, because I, I was hoping that adorable. he would have this. It was adorable because I was like, oh, I hope he has a big play. And he got the big play. And I'm like, see, I told you he can still. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think the Raiders, again, it's like it just depends. I mean, their offensive line, the running game is, a sh- is in shambles. The defensive game plan, though, with the Raiders, I do like. They're playing. They're still playing solid defense. Well, except when they play the Chiefs. Otherwise, well, of the course. defensive game plans well, seem pretty good. When the Chiefs are clicking, I don't think any defense can stop them. So the fun part about the Raiders' schedule, though, is they do play Washington tomorrow, NFC team. But after that, the rest of the schedule is basically all these teams that they're competing with. The Chiefs next week, and then the Browns, Broncos right after Christmas, Colts, Chargers. And all those can- teams are right there in the playoff mix. The Raiders... I mean, effectively have a chance to say, hey, you've got – it's all in front of you. You you can beat the teams you've got to beat to make the playoffs. The only team where – I'm not going to say a hard no, but the only team that if you said, hey, could the Raiders beat the Chiefs, I would say no. Any of other teams that you mentioned, I'd be like, yeah, they got it in yeah. to beat that team. They're going to be – I mean, they'll most likely be underdogs against the Browns because it's in Cleveland, but mm-hmm. that's probably going to be a two- or three-point spread most likely. They'll probably be favorites against the Broncos here in Vegas. They'll probably be underdogs at Indy, and they'll probably be underdogs – or they'll probably be favorites, excuse me, in the last game of the year against the Chargers. But, again, all those spreads are probably going to be within three or four points yeah. because all those teams are relatively similar. So, yeah, I mean, a win this week I think would go a long way. You beat Washington and you sort of put yourselves, hey – you're two games above 500, and you're sure to pass somebody because other teams are going to lose there. And then you're looking at the end of the season against AFC teams that you could win. I mean, you could absolutely win your way into the playoffs by beating those teams. And with the way Derek Carr is playing again with a bad offensive line and a bad running game, I mean, you can't tell me that there isn't always a chance with what he's doing this year. The way he's sometimes playing. Okay. <laughs>
But again, because we've seen sometimes that. he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL, and sometimes you're like, how is this guy the starter? Where is Marcus Mariota? But I'm telling you, this season is so weird. It's like everybody came back from COVID, and then the stadium started getting full, and all these guys had to learn how to play with sixty thousand people screaming you think insults. Derek at him. Carr forgot how to play yes. with people screaming insults. I'm just at saying, him. a year away from that, a year away from that. No, I'm saying like I'm saying maybe the crowd came back, and that's what boosted him to play the way he's been playing this season, huh? But why is he half of his game's been terrible too? Don't ask for an explanation, all right? Just <laughs> let's just roll with me on this. <laughs> I mean, the Raiders are six and five. It, it has been as simple as if Derek Carr plays well, they win. If Derek Carr plays poorly, they lose. Yeah. It, it has been that simple. But whenever I have seen a team that puts it all on one player, like a quarterback, it's, it's – But it's not. The games they've lost, the defense has been really good. Right. Most, not all of them. Like Kansas City, they got torched. But a lot of the games they've lost, the defense has been solid. But and we, Derek Carr has just been so bad, it – it didn't matter. I'm going to say the offense in general was so yes. bad because they, they couldn't run the ball, and there's just some times where you're just having a bad game. Whenever they put it on one guy. But he's had that guy, five times. Hey, They've only played 11, and he's done it five times. That's, that's more not than good. 50%. <laughs> that's not good. I'm still being positive. Come it's on, buddy. Good. Roll with me here. I, listen, if you get Derek Carr from the six wins for the last, what, six games of the season, Raiders are in the playoffs. Hell, Raiders might win the AFC West. If you get Derek Carr from the five losses, the Raiders are picking, like, seventh in the draft. I think if you put Derek Carr on a team that's well-rounded, like I brought this up last last week, the Browns, if you put him on a team that's, that can beat you in a di- bunch of different ways thanks to their team, I think Derek Carr easily gets a, a team in there. But Which means he's not very good, by the way. Well, I'm not going to say that, though, because— if you, need a, if you need everything on your team to be good to make the playoffs, you're just not a good enough quarterback. I get that. I get that. There's only but how many of those guys out there that can right. carry that like kind seven of load? Or eight. There's, seven or eight. I would say many. maybe three, you know, at most that could do those types of things. And even then, I look at Pat Mahomes as that guy, but then I go, well, I haven't really – I don't remember too many games where he didn't have Travis Kelsey or um, Tyreek Hill. You know, I look at Tom Brady is the one guy where I go, kid has done it for years without superstar players. And then Aaron Rodgers. And it's like I look at those three guys – over the course of their careers, they have always been outstanding. The other but guy they've that never I'm, had like perfect teams. No, right, right. But Derek Carr's got a good defense this year. But when I look at but when I look at an Aaron Rodgers, he has made unknown wide receivers right. look great, and he's done it throughout his entire right, career. Absolutely. And I've seen guys leave him, go completely nameless, and then come back. And then all of a sudden, they're getting drafted on fantasy squads again. It's like that's the type of quarterback that he is. Pat Mahomes doesn't do that. With all with the with the other superstars that he has, so yeah, he, well, we haven't seen him play without Kelsey and. Hill. But he zeroes in on these other guys. I'm talking about the guys that can go out there and make somebody that's just doing their job, and right. give them productive stats. Right, but we've never seen like Mahomes has. Aaron Rodgers been in the league for like 15 years. Right, we haven't seen Mahomes play on a team without Hill and Kelsey right. yet. So give him like. You're Once those guys are somewhere else or retired, then then we'll see if he can turn Miko Hardman into a number one wide receiver. But I mean, we're looking at what's going on with the Seattle Seahawks right now. Like Russell Wilson, it's like that team yeah, is bad. His finger work. Uh, you're right, but at the same time, though, the team is not good. But here's the thing: take Russell Wilson. That whole team sucks. The defense is atrocious. Yes, atrocious. The, the the offense sucks. Right. That whole team is bad. Derek Carr doesn't have a whole team that's bad. Derek Carr has a great tight end. Derek Carr has a good defense. He just has a bad offensive line and no running game. Yeah, but he's and got one target. 
It's like, yes, he's got one great tight end. I understand that he's going to pose right. mismatches, but you don't think the defense coordinator doesn't know that as well? Yeah, that's I mean, fine. But that, that's fine. But what I'm saying is, like, when Derek Carr, he has to have a good defense, a good offensive line, good wide receivers for his team to have a chance to make the playoffs. That means you're not very good. When we talk about these other quarterbacks, like, you, Josh Allen doesn't have some great running game behind him. The Bills can't run the ball against anybody. They can't do it. Like, Matt Breed is now their best running back. The Bills can't run the ball at all. Josh Allen's still having a good season. Like, all the, any other quarterback that's, like, in that top seven or eight, they don't have perfect teams See, I look at Josh Allen. Tom Brady. I look at Josh Allen as that guy that, right? But I, I look at Josh Allen and I go, well, he's one of those guys, too, where it's like if he has a bad, bad game, it's right. over. Right. And he has played very, yes, very bad the last few weeks. It's like he hasn't been killing it like he did earlier in the season. And it's like, again, it goes back to my theory when it's like you put too much on one player, but there's only the so much it could take. They've got to be able to do it. You're like, right. That's the key. The quarterback has to be able to do it. But my thing is, though, is if you're going to go out there and do it, like, like, let's just say Drew Brees or Tom Brady, where it's like they get rid of the ball and they just know where to go with the ball, you could survive. When you're talking about doing it all on your own and you're using athletic ability like Pat Mahomes does, like Josh Allen does, it's like you're putting way too much on that guy. And, there, and it's, it's, just, it's just too much pressure. I can't expect somebody to just kind of withhold all that. So the point is? The point is you need a team. Right. You can't have. And how do you have a team? you got to spend money on the other players so you can't have Derek Carr being your highest paid player. Well, then you don't have John Gruden drafting your players. Right, exactly. But the bigger point here to me is like Derek Carr roster building. You can't pay Derek Carr a bunch of money. No. Because Derek Carr is not good enough to cover up holes, so you need a cheap quarterback that's worth $2 million. And that's the gamble. Yeah. But then again, though, do you pay Kirk Cousins that kind of money? No, you draft some bum and you put him out there and say, hey, we're going to build a really good team around you. Just don't screw it up like the Patriots have done with Mac Jones. And like the Browns have done for the last 20-something well, years. <laughs> I mean, has their like, team actually been good, though? I mean, I have seen. Until what? The last two years, the Browns were atrocious. You're absolutely right. But what I'm saying is, though, is there's been a couple times where, oh, they got the left tackle in place. That's what. That's quarterback's best friend. Let's go draft a Trent Richardson. Hey, now they got a running game. Now let's get Trent a quarterback. Richardson. And it's like, oh, God. And they, that's what I'm getting at. So it all, it, all, it all boils down to the players that you draft and the coaching that you have. And when you're the Raiders, look, I even when John Gruden got hired initially, I was like, this is not a good idea. This guy, I don't know if he's going to be able to transform a team into the team that he used to coach 10 years ago. It's not the same game. And granted, yeah, his offense was always good, but the team just didn't. I just think that the team or players in this day and age, they have way more freedom than they did back in his day. And he used to be able to run it with an iron fist. And now you can't do that in today's NFL. It's throw the flag. He's Gooch. I'm Tyler Bischoff. Coming up next, we'll find out why the Browns are run like a high school football team. And now, back to Tyler and Gooch, live from the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It is scoreless in the Big 12 title game. Oklahoma State does have the ball as they have played just a little over three minutes. Uh, that the first of the big games in college football that you can watch with us at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar today. All right, Cleveland Browns fan. Yes. Can you explain to me why the fathers of Cleveland Browns players keep coming out and yelling about the offense? I don't understand this at all. Odell Beckham. I know. His father and now Kareem Hunt, his father, have both gone on, uh, one on Instagram, one on Facebook, complaining about either Baker Mayfield or the offense or both. Baker's, 
there's something going on where it's like every time he drops back, he's double pumping. And look, in today's NFL, when you're that size and you're like 50 pounds lighter than every other defensive player that's on the field, get rid of the ball. Do not pump it. And that's all he keeps doing. All right, but why do we have fathers coming out yelling about it? Like this is like a high school team where dads are upset that their kids aren't getting Well, because it's the time. quarterback. It's the quarterback. And if the quarterback is not doing his job, no one is doing their job. <laughs> No one is doing their job. That's why it's the most important. But there are plenty of quarterbacks that suck, Mm -hmm. and we don't hear from the fathers of the wide receivers and running backs. But how many quarterbacks suck that are drafted first overall? Quite a lot. And, and, okay, drafted first overall and have as many commercials as Baker. I think what happens is when you're Odell's dad and you're Kareem Hunt's dad, you're like, man, Baker sucks, and all of a sudden, progressive commercial. Oh, tweet. (laughs) (laughs) So to the Instagram, <laughs> they could handle like they could just set it aside if Baker just simply overthrew an open receiver. But when he overthrows an open receiver on third down and they then it's punt, backed up and, then, and then the very next thing they see Baker Mayfield in a commercial, they're yeah. just like bleep this. That's guy. what it is. It's like you watch him overthrow or underthrow <laughs> your boy, your child who is going to get paid a lot of money if he makes said play down the road, you know, and then it's like. And then all of a sudden it just flashes to the guy that's screwing over your kid's career and he's smiling on TV and showing off his acting chops. I'm mad. So if it was uh, Case Keenum throwing these poor passes, they wouldn't be as angry? Case Keenum doesn't even know his son plays football. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Browns. Yes, poor Browns. You thought this team was good. I did. I bought into it. That's why I'm so out of it now. you got to understand something, Tyler. Okay, leading up to this year, because I had a meltdown on week one. Oh. I had a rough year, okay? Had a rough year. Went through a divorce, whatever. That, so whole, I was, that whole broken window That whole thing. broken window thing. And I was looking, and this is where I, how, how messed up my life was, okay? I, I always was looking to the Browns to pull me out of this pit of misery. I'm like, you know what? Don't you I need know you. better? I need, I need something to you? believe You've in. You've done this I a lot, I need something to you? believe in. <laughs> and I'm like, these guys always have the odds stacked against them. Maybe they could come out and beat Kansas City, and they were beating him, and then they and then they browned it up, and then I lost my mind, and then I just kind of realized I'm like I can't give this much emotional investment to the Cleveland Browns. I could give it to sports, I could give it just like in other words, because when you just are watching sports to like sports, it's fun, but when you're watching sports as an emotional investment, like if the team wins, yeah. you're happy. It's possibly the worst thing ever. But I okay, this is I, you have no one to blame but yourself. Yes. Because this is the Cleveland Browns we're talking I about. I know. Here. This isn't like like they've given you plenty of evidence that you should you not sound have like in. you sound like if you were Tina Turner's friend, you would have been like, you know what, give Ike another chance. That's you. Do you think I know who Tina Turner and Ike are? Ike and Tina Turner, he doesn't know who Ike and Tina Turner is. <laughs> okay, moving on. What's love got to do with it? That a movie? Got to do, got to oh, do with it. Oh, it's a song. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Tina Turner. She Tina Turner. Songs. What happened to Ike? Who's Ike? Ike Turner was her husband Okay. in the 70s, and it was brutal. Let's just keep it that way. Watch okay. the movie. Right. Watch the movie, The Things That You Hate More Than Anything in This World, and learn something about the human I experience. <laughs> I don't hate movies. I just don't, don't take the time to watch them. You have no love in your heart. No love in your heart. Yeah. All right. <laughs>
Tina Turner. What's your heart got to do with it? It doesn't even exist. Heart. So it's got nothing to do with it. See, if you don't have a heart, you don't have whatever problem you had with the Browns. Exactly. This year. Yeah, that way you could just watch sports at, at, as right. at an analytical level and get on and. It's uh, great. And it's all the radio just, show. They're all just numbers, faceless numbers. That's on the what field. it is. Yeah. That's what it is. It's and that's so why you're. Better. That's why you do this five days a week, and I do it one day a week. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, six days a week. All right. Important question for you. Do you believe Antonio Brown is actually vaccinated? No, absolutely not. So Antonio Brown His got suspended. His vax card was like the back of a Marcos box. <laughs> got suspended <laughs> for three games by the NFL for violating COVID protocols. He was accused by his former chef of getting a fake vaccination card. So the logical conclusion there is that he turned in a fake vaccination card. Snitches get stitches. His uh, lawyer, though, did say he, his lawyer did not deny he turned in a fake vaccination card. But his lawyer did say he is vaccinated. Okay. So they're basically, the lawyer's basically admitting, because he also said he's accepted his punishment. The lawyer basically admitted, yeah, he turned in his vac- he turned in a fake vaccination card. He turned in a vaccine. Va- but va- he is vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he just lost the original card. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, it goes like this. It's like, you, you, Antonio Carr just hands in a card that says it's vaccinated. And then on the back it says, one free back rub. <laughs> <laughs> so it was Antonio Brown and another wide receiver for Tampa Bay, Mike Edwards. How Antonio Brown got tested was, you know, those games where they go, give me a number. And they, those paper, those talking yes. paper, they're like, one, two, three, four. And then he'll give me a blue, give me a color, blue, B-L-U-E. Okay, reach inside, pull out the thing. Okay, you're vaccinated. That's how <laughs> So you're telling me the Buccaneers had middle school girls out there with Antonio Brown? (laughs) Do you like me? Are you vaccinated? Check yes or check no. (laughs) That's what Bruce Arians slid him on the first day. (laughs) Just a note for the check yes, check no. So he got hit with a three-game suspension. Uh, There's been no real argument. Are you surprised he got suspended three games and Aaron Rodgers only got fined? Uh... Yes. I, okay, I, I'm not because at least Aaron Rodgers didn't, like, turn in a fake Vax card. So it's like Antonio Brown is blatantly – like, once you do something like that, it's one thing for, for, for Aaron to go, like, what, I didn't do anything wrong. and listen to Joe Rogan. Everyone should. <laughs> so that's something he believes. But, like, Antonio Brown is like, no, 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 I got to get one over on these guys. This is going to bring – you know, and then when you get caught doing that, you're going to bring more attention to yourself. Each Joe Rogan episode you listen to is a one-game suspension. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you hear about horse tranquilizers. Players are getting uh, players are getting suspended based on their Spotify rap. Yeah, exactly. God, God help you if you listen to Alex Jones. It's uh, – <laughs> there goes your whole career. <laughs> but I think the key is what you said. Antonio Brown turned in a fake vaccination card. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers didn't actually lie to the NFL. The NFL was aware he was unvaccinated. Aaron Rodgers lied to the media. And you're Who, not, not going to get punished for lying to the media. Right, right. Because the media lies to all of us, right? You Tyler Bischoff. I was going to show right now. You are the media. The joke, I was doing it to you, and then but you beat me at it. You beat me. You're here. You beat me to my punchline. You were going to make a joke about the gonna, guy doing gonna, the same was, job as you? I just said, right, Tyler Bischoff. Then you go, right, Gooch? And I was like, oh, damn it. But <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Rodgers did break COVID protocol. Yes. And he got fined for it, which, if I remember correctly, that was like an agreed to before the season 
if you do blank, you get fined blank. Yeah. And if you keep doing it, it goes up. And eventually, I think you could get suspended for it. But Aaron Rodgers, he just was breaking COVID protocol by not wearing his mask around media, and he went to that holiday party. Antonio Brown turned in a fake vaccination yeah. card. It was like, like yeah, it, it, Antonio Brown's fake vaccination card was written on the back of a stripper dollar. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy horse bucks. <laughs> so Antonio Brown will miss the next three games. Tampa Bay probably won't really miss him. They're no. Fine. No, no, they're fine. Again, when you got that kind of wide receiver, that might be the best trio of wide receivers I've ever seen. I mean, think about that. When's the last time you saw three wide receivers – that have all produced at that high of a level. I mean, I will just take Randy Moss on the Patriots and whoever the other two were. Yeah. That might be better. Well, the other two was Chris Carter. It's like you're, like, making it out like, oh, that other But he bum. was, like, he, was, he wasn't, like, good Chris Carter then, was he? Yeah, he was still doing great. I mean, that was part of the thing. It was like you had Chris Carter underneath. They still couldn't stop him. Okay. But then Randy Moss, though, was Randy Moss. I mean, there was – I mean, when's the last time we saw a game-breaker like that at wide receiver? Oh, that was – one of the most incredible, yeah, single wide receiver seasons you've ever yeah. seen. Like it was, it was a, it was unreal. Yeah, crazy season for Randy Moss. But yeah, it is. I mean, in the NFL, when you go all three of them, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, we talk about the Raiders and Derek Carr and who the hell he's throwing to, and it's like, and then you throw uh, Gronk in there, Deshaun and then they even Jackson. have OJ Howard, who was a top, who was a, a high draft pick when they drafted him as well. So I mean, it's Does like that count for anything though. I mean, the kid's athletic, I think. I remember when they the were talking. Kids, athletic. I well, think. only because they were saying when he was coming out of the, coming out of college, they were like, "He's the greatest prospect we've we've seen since you know throwing out maybe Shannon Sharp, some Tony Gonzalez." All right, here were your top three receivers on that uh, Patriots team. Gronk was not with them yet. Gronk was not there. Uh, Randy Moss had fourteen hundred yards. Wes Welker had a one thousand one hundred seventy-five yard season. And then Dante Stallworth had 697 yards. Yeah. So you kind of fall off quite a bit there when you get to the third one. But I still might take that trio over well, Evans, Godwin, and Antonio Brown. Tom Brady's whole game was always like, okay, let's just see who has the one-on-one. If it's Welker or then an en- who ended up being Edelman, it was like, all right, just get it out. Ball out of that ball out of his hands in two seconds. If it's going to be, a, if he notices a zone, then he's probably going to go deep. And that's it. It just seemed like Brady was just that season. It, it looked I've never seen quarterback play look that simple. It and, looked so easy. And then he lost to, to the Giants. Eli Man, I know. <laughs> it's throw the flag. He's Gooch. I'm Tyler Bischoff out here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Back to more football talk with Throw the Flag and your hosts, Tyler Bischoff and Gooch, live from the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. If you want to come down and watch the college football action today, a lot of conference championship games, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar is the place to do it. Always free parking out here at the Treasure Island. We'll be out here as we are well, I, I shouldn't say every Saturday because we weren't here last Saturday over Thanksgiving, but most Saturdays. Most Saturdays. Throughout the football season. not a major holiday. We're going to be right here. We won't be here on Christmas either. Right. So great place, to, though, to come watch some college football. And as I said, there's always free parking. Also, for tomorrow, free shuttle to the games. So you can park at Treasure Island, take a shuttle over to Allegiant Stadium. Easy plan. Easy key. way to do That's it. That's key. Uh, Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game has a 3-0 lead over Baylor in the first quarter. Um, All right. I need you to tell me 
if you have ever heard of a sports league, not like a player or a coach or even a team, an entire league, doing something as petty as Major League Baseball did this week. So Major League Baseball, has they're in a lockout right now. Their CBA expired. They couldn't come to an agreement before it expired, so the owners locked out the players. There's no transactions that are allowed to be made. The players aren't allowed to, like, go to team facilities or talk to managers. or Like, one of the best details is, like, if a player were to get married during the lockout, none of his coaches or, man- or like, the general manager could even go to his wedding. Like, they're not allowed to talk to players. Yeah, because I wanted to throw this wedding. I wanted to plan this wedding, like, months in advance before the lockout so I can- so my coach can freeze me out of the game plan. <laughs> so that so they're in a lockout right now. But here's the petty part. When, as soon as the lockout was put into place, which was midnight of uh, Wednesday this week, as soon as it went into place, MLB.com scrubbed all the stories from their front page that had anything to do with current players. So, like, if you went to the front page right before the lockout, you'd see stories about, like, free agent signings and all the free agent deals that were done. As soon as the lockout hit, it was about, like, guys that were in the Hall of Fame. Hey, let's remember this great Pedro Martinez game. Like, all this crap from, like, past players that are retired now. And if you went to any of the team roster pages, they took all the headshots of the players down. So it's just like a gray, but like a you know, like a Twitter egg. Like that that yeah. was every player's headshot was just a blank gray screen. Like that's gonna help. <laughs> like, don't you want to come to an agreement? Like, like, like. First off, MLB is just basically saying we've stolen your identity. <laughs> yes. No one cares you about don't you exist. now. And they're like, well, I'll just take this hundred million dollar contract that I signed and just fade away to into obscurity. I. Yeah, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't you want to get this done? Now, look, I understand with the owners. I can understand them being frustrated when they're going, how much more? How many more times You're do we got to do this? You're on the side? No, 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 no. I'm just saying, I'm just playing devil's advocate. It's like, if you're on the owners and you're always having these players going, we want more money, more money, more. Meanwhile, at every other job across America, they're doing the same thing, and they're not, they're not even getting, like, a 10 10- 10 cent an hour raise you know the owners make more than the players right no i know that i'm just playing devil's advocate i'm just playing devil's advocate. very poorly i know i'm not my my i'm playing devil's advocate all right from, get to whatever your point is the point is don't be a douche that's the point to the owners to the owners or the players i understand why you're going all right guys i'm gonna be a douche and then you do it no don't do it because again don't people aren't buying tickets to sit there and see the owners in the press box sit there and watch the game. You know what I mean? They're, they're, the players are the selling point. So you got to make sure you foster that relationship. Fostering the relationship and blowing up their egos and making it out like they're first and foremost, that's the best way to get anything done. So why would you play this game? Now Who, do you see it? The owners or the players? The owners. Because they don't want to give up any money and they have all the power. That's what I'm saying. Because what, what happens in every labor dispute the owners always have more power because the owners, generalizing, the owners usually make money somewhere else. They have another business that they make money on. That right? they use to buy the team right. in the first place. So, generally speaking, the owners could never have baseball again, and most of them would probably be fine. That's not how they need to make money. But for the players, this is how they make money. This is their job. And for most of them in baseball – 
you have a very short window to make money, right? Like the best ones obviously go on to have 18-year careers, but that's very few people. But for the most part, in baseball, you don't hit free agency until you're about 28 years old, and then you've got about a five-year window to actually cash in and make significant money. So if you're a player that's in that window, you're sitting around saying, well, I don't want to miss games. This is the one of the five-year periods that I have to make money. I don't care what the owners want. Just get me back on the field so I can make money. That's where the, the leverage comes in, where the owners can say whatever. That's my point. It's just like, why are the owners taking away their identity off the MLB website? Like there is at ESPN.com <laughs> and all these other websites that could show you the same damn info. If anything, you're just ruining your own product. You're making people never want to go back to MLB.com ever again because they weren't there for them when they needed them to be. With, with no walkout, with nothing to talk about, what are baseball what are baseball fans? You're just giving them another reason to check out another site. It's so great. So it's shoot, your, so you're just cutting your nose to despite your face. The real problem, though, is that by doing that, it seems to have uh, united the players probably more than they were before. Because all of the players were like this. Most, a lot of them changed their actual Twitter profile pictures to the, just the gray box that Major League Baseball what put up is, on them. What this is is one of those. This is like one of those chick movies where. You know, a bunch of girlfriends, they find out that one guy's cheating on them, then they unite to get even. That's what this is. The players are the angry girlfriends going after the the douchebag that's that's been playing the game, the player, if you will. Unfortunate part of that analogy, though, is the girlfriends probably have more power in that scenario than the players actually do. But the girlfriends did get more power when they united. And now you got these you got these owners that are saying, you don't mean nothing to me. You were just a one-night stand. <laughs> and the player's like, really? Stand. I'm all that in a bag of chips. I'm the best you were ever going to get. And then they snap their fingers. What happens when they snap their fingers? Ah, maybe, they, well, they're, they're, they're usually doing that as they're walking away from their exploding car that they set on fire. Their usually ex-boyfriend car, which would be the owner's car. All right, we're getting out of hand with this one. They're going <laughs> to blow up the owner's cars? <laughs> I'm just trying to think of every, like, female empowerment movie where the woman got even with the guy, and then, like, she, like, burned something of his, and then there was, like, a slow-motion shot of her walking away from, like, either clothes that were being set on fire or a car being set on fire. And then there was usually some, like, empowering music being played in the background. Setting a car on fire sounds like a crime. It is a crime. I don't know if you knew that or not. I mean, it just sounds like it, but... You're you know. very perceptive. But you're, you're playing it off as like, yeah, she set the car on fire, and it was great well, for I her didn't say I there feel like she'd be going to jail. I didn't say there weren't legal ramifications <laughs> down the road. But in that moment, it was probably pretty pretty cool, pretty straight. You know, it felt strong doing it. Could you go to jail for setting clothes on fire? Uh, yes. Lisa Left Eye Lopez, God, bless, God rest her soul, did that to Andre Risen. Remember? That was the she was the singer in TLC and she took all of his clothes because he was cheating on her and set him on fire in her bathtub, which I don't understand why you would just set clothes on fire in a bathtub and expect nothing bad to happen. But, yeah, the house, uh, the house caught on fire and she went to jail. What? You never heard the Lisa Left Eye Lopez story and Andre Risen? Hold on. Why is she Lisa Left Eye Lopez? Because that of sounds like a terrible. Well, because her rap name was Left Eye. And the reason was why she called right herself, eye? she said her left eye was prettier than her right eye. So she went with left eye. Don't try to understand the streets, Tyler Bischoff. And she, okay. She. she okay. Oh, Mike, did Mike Pritchard play with, 
Andre Risen. Andre Risen when that was going on? Yeah, Pritch was on the team with him, and they uh, returned from practice, and they could see a fire burning in the background, and they knew it was coming from one of the neighborhoods that they all lived in. And they were kind of joking, oh, imagine if it's your house, imagine if it's your house, and it turns out it actually was one of their houses. <laughs> And then the worst thing that happened to Andre Risen was he signed with the Browns. So that was That's like, pretty bad, yeah. That that's kind of like going to jail, isn't <laughs> that's it? That's the worst thing that happened. So, okay, hold on. You're telling me she wanted to burn his clothes. She burned his clothes because she fought, caught him cheating. Okay, and she did it in inside of mansion. a house. Mansion, not just a house. Okay. Mansion. And she took his clothes, threw them in a bathtub, I don't know if she put gasoline or rubbing alcohol on it, but she set him ablaze. And then she's like, oh, wow, I think I think that fire's a little bit too big for me to handle, and now i got to get going. Now I'm setting my own stuff on fire. I mean, I almost feel like putting it in the bathtub was, was – there was some thought process to I can put this out. There was a little bit of responsibility when you're going, I can put it in the bathtub because then you could just turn the shower on. Yes. And then maybe – but when you're doing it with gasoline <laughs> and rubbing alcohol <laughs> – you're not helping. <laughs> You're not helping at all. But also, how many like how many articles of clothing were in the bathtub? Maybe they had a really big bathtub. Well, I but keep that, in mind possible. this is Andre Risen, who's right. a very flashy man. Right, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like I feel I'm like sure she'd be she, better off. I'm sure she just took a giant armful of his clothes into the in their closet and just was like, "That's it. I'm taking all of your starter and Z Cavaricis." This is back in the '90s. You know, and it just kind of threw it in the bathtub. Wouldn't it have been better to take all of his clothes, more than it would fit in a bathtub, put it in the driveway, and light it on fire for him to drive home and see? Tyler, you're not speak. You're not coming from the place of a jealous lover. I mean, that's fair. That okay? is fair. I don't know if you have a heart that could be broken up. Broken no, enough I do not. To want to set some stuff on fire. I do. I live life in passion. So, <laughs> I'm kidding, but. What have you set on fire in your life? What uh, uh, LeBron James jersey when he left for You did? I was mad. Did you post it on like Twitter? No, I'm not. No, I'm not doing that. I want to keep my job, but it's like yeah, yeah, you, you don't, wouldn't lose your job over that. I mean, who well, knows? what were you saying as you lit the jersey? On I was just fire? like, "Oh, I hate you, Miami." That was pretty much it. And I think I yelled at Dan Marino for some reason, That's but it fair. was like he deserved that. I was very angry. That hurt me. Man, you lit a LeBron James But then he came back. <laughs> but then he came back, and I had a lump in my throat. I was like, you come. Because they were playing that song, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. And then LeBron come up on stage. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to do it for us. And he did. You lit a jersey on he fire. He did. Put your faith in LeBron, kids. Unbelievable that you lit a jersey on fire. Unbelievable that you wouldn't set a former lover's clothes on fire after she cheated on you. Let's get a heart. Where man. did you light it on fire? Uh, Not my, in a bathtub. I no, assume. no, it was it was outdoors in a fire pit where you set stuff on fire. <laughs> so if you are a jealous person, invest in a fire pit. That way you don't sell. That way, learn from Andre Risen. And don't set your house on fire. So what I've learned today is that Gooch is smarter than a woman named Left Eye. Yes. No, no, no. Go I'm not going to say smarter. We're going to say Gooch. You did not burn down a house. Is a little less emotional than Lisa Left Eye Lopez when she was with us, God rest her soul. You did not burn down a house, though. So I did I feel not like burn down a house. you do get credit for Thank you. being smarter. You know what? I think that might be the very first compliment Tyler's ever paid me, like ever. Until, and he did, it, he did it in jest, by the way. Until next segment when we find <laughs> out you did burn down a house in a separate incident. <laughs>
yesterday when you burned a Baker Mayfield jersey. Oh, it's going to happen. Oh, my. He's so frustrating. Coming up next, guess who might be more petty than Major League Baseball? Marcus Arroyo. And now, back to Tyler and Gooch, live from the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It is the end of the first quarter in the Big 12 title game, and things have gone very poorly for Oklahoma State. Uh, they have now had two interceptions. Spencer Sanders has thrown two picks. Baylor turned in the first one with an 11-yard drive for a touchdown. Baylor got the next one at the 20, or excuse me, at the 17-yard line. They are now inside the five, and will have the ball uh, near the goal line to start the second quarter, looking to take a 14-3 lead. More pettiness. You ready for this? I love petty. Hit me with it. All right, let me set this up first. Uh, Jacoby Winman, UNLV player this year, he led the team in tackles, tackles for loss, and sacks this year. He was hands down the best player on the team, like not even close. Two days after their season ended with the loss to Air Force, he announced that he was transferring. All right? He got named to the second team All-Mountain West team for after he announced he was transferring. UNLV uh, sent out a bunch of tweets after the Mountain West Awards were announced. They sent one out for Cameron Friel, who was named Mountain West Freshman of the Year. They sent one out for Charles Williams, who was named Mountain West First Team. They sent one out for Austin Ajake, who was named uh, Mountain West Honorable Mention. And they sent one out for Daniel Gutierrez, who was also Mountain West Honorable Mention. They did not send one out for Jacoby Winman, who was named to the second team. And then UNLV had their own team awards where they announced, hey, this guy's the offensive MVP, this guy's the defensive MVP. They did not give Jacoby Winman team defensive MVP despite leading the team in tackles, tackles for loss, and sacks. They gave it to Austin Ajake instead. Marcus Arroyo is so mad that Jacoby Winman is transferring away from UNLV that he refuses to recognize the guy exists anymore. Okay. See, now Marcus Arroyo is doing the angry girlfriend set the car on fire <laughs> reference that I was talking about the players doing to the owners in MLB. Again, anytime you're on the hot seat like this guy is, you got to understand that at this point you're just playing for future head coaching jobs. We've already talked about Arroyo. He might get – he might play out next year only because – you know, we already know that next year is going to be a total wash anyway. They're, they're not even going to when, – when were they planning on getting an, an athletic director? February, yeah. maybe. I mean, we haven't heard anything in a while about that. And that's so. what I'm saying. So you're talking February, and then the recruiting process is already going on through that. Yeah. It's like, what's the point of getting rid of this guy? Why not give him another chance? He did win two games this year. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> we're, head, we're trending in the right direction. But it's like doing something like this, it's like any chance that you have moving forward from this. I mean, I understand that going to UNLV and you, you've only won two games in two years, that's not necessarily going to make your resume look sterling, but at least acknowledge your players that right. are playing well. And here's the fun part of this. Jacoby Winman has multiple offers from power conference schools, like Michigan State, like Texas, like Kansas, who's not very good. But, like, he's got big-time offers from good schools now. Like, he was – very good this year be like awesome for UNLV and Marcus Arroyo is so petty that he can't like honor that to reward that it's oh no we we're gonna pretend like this guy does not exist anymore because he left us and like you said he's now the jealous ex-girlfriend I am curious if this at all affects players coming to UNLV 
Like this, so this is not like going to be some headline story, right? This is not like people are going to be like, oh, the UNLV coach doesn't like the guy that transferred away after a great season. But I do wonder if other coaches like are aware of this, and that, they're like, hey, you know, you could go to UNLV, but if you're great and decide you're better than a two and ten program, that coach is an ass. He's not going to pretend like you didn't exist. But and, and on top of that too, what about the parents? Like, dude, when the parents, when these kids are going to schools. These parents are doing a ton of research, especially the, the parents that are very much involved in their kids' athletics. They're doing all the research they can on coaches and stuff. And when you, sh- when you go out there and do something like this, where it's like, okay, you've won two games in two years. A kid's like, I'm out of here, and now all of a sudden you're going to make it out like he didn't do anything? Yeah. Like, come on, man. That, that's going to have long-lasting implications on your future. They won two games in two years. Would have been maybe zero in two it years is, if not for Jacoby Wittman. It is what have you done for me lately. And I'm sorry, Arroyo. It didn't happen. you got to understand that people are going to go, I could do better. So who's more petty today or this week, Major League Baseball or Marcus Arroyo? I would say, well, Major League Baseball for sure. I mean, it's like I understand. <laughs> look, nobody was reading the UNLV football website anyway because you got to win some. <laughs> MLB.com. I was. I was. I was. That's the guy we're talking about. The guy who gets paid to talk about it was. <laughs> but I'm talking about MLB baseball, MLB website. I mean, that's like, that's a huge deal. I mean, that's a big deal for, for MLB fans. And then you're just going to go ahead and just <laughs> put an egg in someone's, someone's profile picture. Did you or, buy any Cleveland Guardians gear yet? No. No. Why not? Yeah. I'm the you like Ohio sports. I do like Ohio sports, but honestly. Didn't you th- tell me you like the name Guardians? I mean, it doesn't upset me. Like it, again, it doesn't upset me like the people that are just white-knuckling the Indians argument. You know what I mean? But I like the Guardians. I'm fine with it. I'm just waiting for you and I'm just waiting for Las Vegas to get their baseball team. Well, that's not happening. It's not happening? Ever? We're, well, I shouldn't say ever. But okay. We're not getting the A's. Okay, we're not getting the A's. The A's are not coming here. I'm not upset about that. Unless Oakland pulls all of the money they're trying to give them. Oakland might give them a billion dollars. Okay. They've already given them 490 and they're trying to find a way to find another 500 or so million. How can that city do anything? Right. How can any city in California do anything with right. like how they tax their poor, sad millionaires? How can they do anything? Got to find some more to tax them. But we're not getting... Un- one of two things Guys, has to happen for us to get the A's. For Either 75 cents a day, we could help a billionaire <laughs> get a baseball team in Oakland. Either one, Oakland has to pull all the money back. They've already given them 490 They have to take that away and say, we're not giving you any more. Or somebody in Vegas has to basically come up with a billion dollars and say, yeah, we'll give you a billion dollars to come here. And neither of those things is happening. Right. So we're not getting the A's. Because the A's would be the dumbest organization in the history of the world if they turned down a billion dollars in Oakland to move to Vegas for zero dollars. You're right, but does there is no but. I'm right. Oakland have 24/7 bowling. <laughs> you didn't factor that part in there, buddy. Just think about the free agency pitch when oh. you say, you know, if you wake up at 4 a.m. and you want to go bowling. You can do that in Vegas. There's a couple of movie theaters that show movies past 11. So <laughs> you going to get that and your hellhole called Oakland? I think not. 
I have only lived in this city for like seven years, and I am already so accustomed to things being open 24-7. The it's, convenience. It's absurd. It's ruined every place outside of Vegas. I went, So I went to Houston for game six of the World Series uh, last month. The bars don't open until 3 p.m. Yeah, you're angry. And, like, I wasn't even like, oh, I want to go drink at noon. I was just walking around, and I was like, why is this closed? And everything said opens at 3 p.m., and I'm like, what? Yeah, see, if I were going to be going to a sporting event that major, I want to be drinking in the a.m., <laughs> and I'm angry, and I could do that in, in our beloved town of Las Vegas. <laughs> it is insane how accustomed i am to it like anywhere else is just like what things close enjoy your joe rogan texas (laughs) enjoy your joe rogan i'll take this 24 7 living any day i mean you know are you just throwing joe rogan in to throw him in he closes mines (laughs) do you like that it's throw the flag